0: This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. The World Market Watch is brought to you by CMB Preferred.
1: BFM 89.9. Good morning. You are listening to The Morning Run. It's 7.06am on Friday, the 23rd of December. We are on the cusp of Christmas weekend. I'm Shazana Mukhtar, together with Philip C and Chong Jen San. As always, let's quickly run through how global markets closed overnight.
2: The December sell-off continued for the US markets with the Dow down 1.1%, S&P 500 down 1.5% and the Nasdaq down 2.2%. In Asia markets, the Nikkei was up by 0.5%, Hang Seng up by 2.7%, the Shanghai Composite down by 0.5%, Straits Times Index up by 0.4% and the FBMKLCI it was up by 0.4% as well. One
0: day we'll hit 1,005.
2: Oh,
1: hopefully before the
2: New Year. Yes,
1: <laughs> we still have a, a couple of days left, right? Yes. We've got like about a week. I see that the U.S. markets really did. Uh, it's really been on a on a downward trend. Um, I, I guess. Well, no Christmas rally. It appears no yes. Santa rally. It's uh, turning quite volumes red. are relatively
0: low. I have to say.
1: Indeed, um, a lot of uh, things going on there. Uh, For more thoughts on what's moving markets, let's turn over to Peter Lim, Chief Research Officer at Trident Analytics. Peter, good morning. Thanks very much for joining us. Now, the general mood going into equities next year is less sanguine and uncertain than initially thought. As investors uh, mull their portfolio allocations, what are your thoughts on growth versus cyclical stocks? Which one would you favour?
3: Technically, I'm still favouring growth. And actually, I'm quite optimistic going to 2023. I will say that most of the challenges or the worst is quote-unquote will be over uh, by 2023, actually.
0: But do you see a big difference between the first half and second half? Like, help us understand where the optimism lies. Is it more short-term in the first half of 2023 or are you going to backdate it? Or even the reverse? Uh, see,
3: To, to, to me, if you really think about it, right? what, what, what further bad news that we are not aware of, right? Exclude that one, but right? just think about it. What are the possibilities of uh, other bad news that we're not aware of? I mean, China's slowing down, we already know about it. Uh, Inflation is already coming off. Uh, uh, rate hike. Fed has guided that, you no know, maximum others, maybe 75 or 85 basis points up in two three. Right? And US job data is still strong. So if you look at it, technically, you know, what are really, really other bad news that we are really not aware of at,
0: at this moment? Yeah, so I think what you're saying, and I think what's very interesting is that the expectation is markets next year may hold because of the US consumer, that that's likely to remain robust for next year. Is that the expectation you also have, that with a China reopening, hence China consumption coming through, the US consumer remaining relatively resilient, barring all these black swans and uncertain circumstances, that's what's driving the optimism and expectation for the year ahead?
3: Yep, yep, that's what
0: I think.
2: And Peter, um, specifically on the Malaysian market, the FBM-KLCI, it's rebounded off its yearly lows in October, but it's still down 6% for the year. And will we see a possible retracement upwards uh, moving into the new year? And what might be the key drivers for this rally?
3: Uh, I would say yes. I think mainly due to the new government. I think I think so far the government has doing all the right. I think it's quite late 2018, no, when there is a, there's, there's a change, no, there's a lot of um, downward pressure on the KLCI. I think the big difference is when in 2018, um, there's a lot of witch hunting rather than doing what is needed to do. I think what is different this time is the government is actually, or our PMX, or what they call it, is doing the right thing by actually focusing on uh, not witch hunting, but really running the country and and doing all the right policies so far. So I think that sense of optimism uh, with the new government, I think that will be a key rally for Malaysia.
1: Okay, so there is this, uh, you, you feel a sense of optimism, at least in markets in these early days of the new government. Um, I'd like to maybe turn our attention over to palm oil because we did see palm oil prices adversely affected mm. by the mm. lockdowns in China, which crimped demand for the agri-commodity. At this point, what's your outlook for CPO demand and prices in 2023?
3: Well, what is very interesting is if you look at CPO demand, if you really check the um, data, right, if you go and take all the data and the long-term CPO demand, you actually realize CPO demand doesn't really change much over the years. I mean, let me rephrase it. CPO demand actually go up over the years despite all, all, the, all the news you're saying about you know this this country imposed duties, this country is slowing down its consumption. Mm-hmm. So what, what I'm trying to say is if you really look at the real data for CPO demand, right, despite over the years, you're talking about 10, 15, 20 years kind of data, despite all those blips we are here that are on news, actually, CPO consumption has been going up all along, right? So, a blip in certain countries sometimes will be replaced in other countries.
0: But what's your take about oil then for next year? Because that's very much correlated to demand, right? What's your prognosis on oil? Uh,
3: uh, again, um, if you look at oil consumption, right, it, it has really never gone down also. Um, if you look at all price, actually, there's, okay, let, let, okay, we always assume that all price is always called for all these supply shock and demand shock, etc. But again, if you look at the long-term supply and demand, you plot the long-term supply and demand graph of all supply and demand, you notice that actually they track each other. Means I means there'll be a time there there's a miss of a, a, a few million barrels oversupply supply or there'll miss a few million over demand. But there's never really an excessive big gap of oversupply and over demand. All is really mainly driven more of the the sentiment and the cost. So my take is the natural price of oil going forward for ne- at least next five years. Talking about at least ninety dollars per barrel. I, I think that, that will be to me a new natural price of oil mm. over the next five to ten years.
2: And Peter, I want to tap your views on the Malaysian tech or semiconductor sector, because I recall you used to run a fund which was heavily skewed in this sector. So which parts of this semiconductor value chain in Malaysia do you think looks the most promising and may potentially benefit from this u s. chip ban on exports to china? u s chip
3: ban is actually uh, much more com- complicated than what yeah. Uh, seeing or anticipating, right? Uh, but it's not a standard answer. Let, let's say for instance, that's not equipment, right? You know, US is actually stopping a lot of equipment to go into China. But then again, it, it doesn't mean that the equipment sales will be affected because the plants, okay, take for, for Intel for instance, or all the IDM integrated design manufacturers. If they don't expand in China, they expand in other countries. So the, the machines will be rerouted rather than going to China, they may be rerouted to other countries as well. So it, it's not necessarily mean that when there's a ban in China, things will be affected. But you look at in the, OSAT, in the Malaysia's case, right, I think over the long term, our strength, good position will be actually in the OSAT space. Mm. Or we call them the chip. In the layman term, the chip manufacturers, where these companies manufacture chips for third parties, or we call them the OSAT space. I think you look at the dynamics of the Malaysian industry over the long term, I think this is where we will actually um, have a chance to be on par with the global players. Not so much on equipment, unfortunately, but really on the outside.
1: Yeah,
0: but just on a broader semiconductor industry, uh, you know, just uh, overnight we heard Micron Technology, one of the largest US makers, you know, I think record one of its worst performance. Now, the discussion is that we have a chip glut, right? As opposed to a shortage, uh, and they've announced a 10% workforce reduction. What's your, you know, prognosis for next year? Then, with respect to the chip industry, do you think there will be an oversupply issue?
3: Mm-hmm. Again, this is a very interesting part. If you look at chips, right, I think, unfortunately, again, um, we, we, uh, m- most people over-generalize or over-categorize, uh, just categorize everything as a chip. Mm. But look at chips itself. There's a lot of different categories. There's logic chips, there's memory chips, and these two actually represent uh, close to 50% of the real chip demands. But then you look at it, there's also optoelectronics. This is also a category of chips, and there's also uh, microprocessors, etc., etc. Right. So that's the first area you look at. Within this category, the glut is actually happening in the memory chip side, not so much in other categories. Then the next area, you look at chips, We go for chips by demand, right? If you look at chips for personal computers, again, in that category, there is a glut there. But if you look at in chips in the sector of automotive, mm. there is a shortage there. So what I'm going to say is you must really look at the chips in detail to see actually there are some by cat- categories. Yeah. There are some that, yes, there are glut. Mm. Yeah, but there are some that is shortage,
1: Peter, thank you very much for speaking with us. That was Peter Lim, Chief Research Officer at Trident Analytics, giving us his take on some of the trends that he sees moving markets in the days and weeks ahead. Talking to us about the semiconductor situation and um, that the shortage or oversupply, it's a lot more nuanced. It's not yeah, to really, to generalize it. It's not a broad brush yeah. thing. Some chips are going to be able to do okay uh, next year, but perhaps we'll see demand for other types of chips uh, shrink or, yes. or otherwise.
0: I was also very amused by, by his his expectation that next year will be a very good year since all the shocks have taken place this year you know if you think about it there is some truth to that we have had a war we've had a you know we just had recovered from a pandemic you know perhaps we've we've exhausted all the black swans that's the question that <laughs> I he's think kind of alluding to
1: everyone is hoping for that but as we've <laughs> seen since 2020 I think every year has thrown up some kind of surprise or another so perhaps we should uh, still yeah keep keep, uh, keep our minds open keep our imaginations open just in case something else comes out. All right, 7.18 in the morning. We're heading into some messages. And when we come back, we're going to be looking at the top stories in the local newspapers and portals this week, or today actually this morning. Stay tuned, VFM
0: 89.9. The World Market Watch is brought to you by CMB Preferred. Moving forward with you. Visit cimbpreferred.com.my for their preferential services beyond banking.